to the ground. We're back. Another week. Just me and Andrew. Back from vacation. Feeling good. Feeling loose. Uh, not ready to adjust to the real world. How, how are you doing, Andrew? Uh, I'm good. I'm loose. I'm not you- ready to adjust to the real world. <laughs> you and I are in the same place. It's not true. physically, but emotionally. Mentally. Yeah. Well, that I feel like that's that's pretty on on. I don't know. I feel like you're stressed a lot. So. Yeah. Um, well, I. You know. I'm a. I'm a ball of stress. It's how I do. Uh, uh. Well. Yeah. I. I would say I'm not, but my muscles say otherwise. Um. On this cruise, I really like. Kind of. I was gonna. I wanted to get a massage. And I'm like, fuck it. There's really not much to spend money on on a cruise. Besides, like, the casino, which I also spent money on. Um, you I gambled? Like, oh, I didn't what? think you were a gambler. I'm not. I don't seek out gambling. If it's but in when front it's of in me. in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I I spent some time at the blackjack table. I had some good. I blackjack played with the same table. $60 for three nights in a row. Wow. Where I would, like, you know, be up. I'd be down. <clears throat> and then it would be like, okay, it's like after midnight, whatever. The guy, like, the old guy I was talking to, who, like, I sat next to three nights in a row, was like, oh, he's ready for bed. Um, so, of course, I had those. So, you, you went, know, so you went, went with that little old man? Yeah, exactly. Okay, got it. Uh, you don't just let your good luck charm leave like that, you know? Oh, I but, never do. <laughs> but, you know, I'd be like, you know, it'd be, I'd leave with the money I came with, essentially. And then, and then one night, I literally, uh, we were doing really, really well. I think I was up, like, $150. Uh-huh. And then it was like right as we were in the hot streak, the dealer does the little up, hands up, hands down, uh-huh. claps her hands, takes a card out of the shoe, and gets replaced by a different dealer. Mm. And this woman comes in and just cleans us the fuck out. Wild. Just literally, I think she got blackjack three times in a row. The new dealer? The new dealer. And yeah, and I think I think I didn't. I won maybe one hand out of the next dozen, and just got mm. wiped clean. Like everyone did. Everyone lost at the table, and it was it was wild. Like we all got up and just left the table empty. That's <laughs> wild. It, yeah, it was. It sucked. So I was like, you know, I'm kind of got a bad taste in my mouth about gambling right now. You know, I was doing pretty well. I was having fun with a little bit of money, and and didn't really. So whatever. Uh, yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm not gonna go in the casino. I'm gonna spend my money on a massage uh there was a bunch of pre-cruise massage appointments that were like cheap but i'm like eh, I, don't, I don't really want to spend 150 dollars on a massage and then in the promenade area they give out like free trial massages where they kind of like mm. give you a shoulder massage and a chair mm-hmm. and i was like oh, fuck it yeah i really want a massage my back is a mess like the woman's like yeah you need like a deep tissue and i'm like yeah you're right uh, so since I didn't pre-book it, it was like two hundred dollars plus tip. Um, but she whooped my ass. I got a seventy-five minute massage. Never had a massage that long in my entire life. It like flew by, and she like wrecked me. Like I think my back isn't any better because <laughs> she was literally digging her elbow into like my spine, you know. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Like it's one of those things. Like oh, it felt good. It also hurt like a motherfucker. Like, was it worth two hundred dollars? <laughs> you know, who's to uh, say? If you're asking me, I I would say no. But yeah, that's, I, I mean, it, it was good. I'm an anti-massage person. Are you really? 
Oh uh, yeah. She she literally was like, "Yeah, your back is too fucked up for me, a professional." Mm. So that's not a good sign. So yeah, maybe I am. You know, I'm I'm very. I try to be as stress free as possible, but maybe it's just because I push all that stress deep down into my mm. muscles, into my back. Your many many bulging muscles. My bulging muscles. We get it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so. I know people are probably sick about me talking about this cruise. It finally happened. The cruise is done. It's over. But it made me realize how little I actually get to relax in a real way. I know. I read your Instagram post. (laughs) It was very insightful. But no, it's, you know, every time, like, especially as a photographer, like, you kind of feel compelled to go places that are... You know, not to say like where I went to the Bahamas, it wasn't not that I say it wasn't interesting, you know, but everything is picturesque in a way that's not interesting to me, at least in the sense that like I didn't feel compelled to like go on a photo adventure and like take pictures the whole time. I think I shot maybe maybe 50 photos the entire trip on my on my film camera. Um, It was like picturesque, but not in a in a way that was like beneficial to the work i like to do so i literally mm. didn't do work like you know even when i go to the lake house it's kind of relaxing because there's really not much to do but you're still driving 30 minutes each way to go out to eat or you know you're you're kind of still coming and going and it always feels like it feels a little bit like work still or like when i did my road trip that was great but i was kind of going from place to place taking pictures was the main objective you know it's it's a uh, it's like if someone, you know, you went on vacation, but you still had to, like, make people coffee every day, you know? Oh, I, I, I do. I know. That's a thing. Um, I know, but it's... I'm, I'm sorry. It's bad that you're, like, 25 hours of work a week leaves you that <laughs> destroyed well, that you need to get away. I mean, <clears throat> most of my work is editing. It's not shooting. Like, I got to yeah, shoot an event tonight, true. and I have to edit them before I go to bed, oh, you know? No. And it's, so there is a lot of extra time that's tacked on, but like, I didn't open my laptop the entire week. That was really Very nice. nice. Me neither. Only had to answer a few like work emails, but most of this trip, I, I literally just spent, well, partially listening to this record. Uh, it was a good choice for the cruise for sure. But literally oh, I yeah. would, you know, just ate a lot of good food. I ate some wacky food. I had some, you know, I had some escargot, had a lot of that's assorted wacky? tartars. Oh yeah. You lost me there. You don't like tartare? No, you can miss me with that. (laughs) A lot of seafood. It was good stuff. Every night after dinner, I would like walk out of the dining room and go watch the sunset on the back of the boat. Um, I would like find a quad, like one of those like daybed kind of cabana things in Mm -hmm. the front of the ship, and I would just like lay there and listen to music like on my own. I don't think I talked to anyone my entire like my age or younger. Mm-hmm. The entire trip. Uh, it was it was wild. Um, not that there wasn't people who were you know young young folk on this cruise, but I don't know where they went. Hmm. A lot of the people, like a lot of the people, were couples. Um, but I would see them at the pool during the day, and then no one would be anywhere after dinner. Interesting. Like, there's very few like night. Well, because they're all off having sex. I think, you know, multiple people have said that. <laughs> but, 
It was not, not sitting in a cabana chair drinking like a fruity drink. <laughs> I was drinking Negronis. I mean, I had my share of, of daiquiris for sure, but mm, it's not really sure. an evening drink. But mm, can be if you drink it at night. That's true. Um, yeah, it was just it was weird because I would see them and then they would be gone. Like any of the mm. after, like the nightlife stuff. Like there's a club. It sucked. I went to like this one night that they claim is the largest nightclub night on like any cruise ship and it was there was like 40 people there and they were all like over the age of 45 you know i i know we talked about this yesterday uh, like the listeners don't need to know my thoughts on your vacation yeah. i hate the idea of a cruise the well, idea so, of a cruise is literal torture to me. So, so when I hear you talk about it, I'm just like, this sounds terrible. I hate this. Stop talking. <laughs> well, so that that is something interesting I've learned. So my parents are cruise people. I've This is the first cruise I've been on in like 12 years. So the they last one I went on. old enough to be cruise people. My my parents? Yeah. I oh, mean, they they're old, but not old. old. I, my dad grew up like he literally used to like race boats when he was my age. Of course uh, he did. Like he... He stopped racing boats when I was born <laughs> because it was so dangerous. But he's someone who grew up like on boats on the river in New Jersey. Like he he loves boats, so I think that plays a major part in it. But I was very curious because I was kind of last time I went on the cruise I was twenty two, mm. and I was like, oh, everything closes at two a.m. This is bullshit. Like, what is there to do? And now I like really twelve years later at thirty four relish the fact that like there wasn't that much to do. Like I enjoyed not having to do something every night, like not You're having like a plan. The oldest young man I know. Am I though? Yes. I mean, I don't know. When you live in the city, everything annoys you. Everything no. involving other human beings. Annoys no, that's you. not true. That's, it's I'm a very social true. person, but I also true. enjoy the downtime. I enjoy the change of that. Like I, I mm. like being able to like spend time with myself and my thoughts and like just like soak in i don't not having to be like like constant fucking shit flashing in my face you know interesting just not having to be alone with your thoughts in your room yeah being alone with my thoughts on the front of a cruise ship (laughs) in the middle of the atlantic ocean is much more appealing than doing it in my room the i've seen titanic It's a, you know, I've seen a perfect storm. I've seen enough cautionary tales about maritime activity to not want to do it. <laughs> I mean, there's if a slight I difference can be there. Fully, fully honest. Well, so, actually, funny enough, you mentioned that um, the night we left Bay, we, we shipped out of Bayonne. Um, the night we left Home port, of the Bayonne bees. Uh huh. Um, the weather was crazy i mean we were catching the remnants of the hurricane coming up the coast so it was Mm -hmm. like shitty weather it was like 50 degrees it was brutally cold and like downpour and yeah like i said i've been on a bunch of cruises before my parents have been on way more than i have we left port so fast like we were supposed to ship out like 4 30 and i was looking out of my parents like balcony window and it was like 3 45 and we were already pushing off and we left the the harbor at like 26 knots normally cruising is like 18 and Mm. we actually went way off course to avoid even worse weather like we Mm. went further out to the atlantic but it was so rocky uh that night like 
stuff was like rolling off of tables <laughs> and stuff. And the apparently it was like some of the worst weather that that ship, like specific ship, has ever seen. Mm. Um, someone posted a video. They were on the third, like third deck, which is the lowest, like you know, uh, occupancy, you know, guest occupancy deck. A wave where they put hit the Irish and the Italians. Exactly, it was steerage class down there. But a, a wave hit their porthole window and broke it. What? Yeah. And like, you're telling me that the ship you were on was breached. Um, I don't know if it was broken in the sense that it was shattered completely, but it was like cracked to where they had water coming in. Wow. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was again still- the the nightmare is fulfilled. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was I was in the fucking hot tub. <laughs> I went to the hot tub after dinner, and Man. the ship was rocking in a way that the water would all slosh to one side of the hot tub and like spill out to where like my waist was exposed. Like all the water would be leaning to one side to where half my body would be out of the water. Um. But you it was are cool. Truly, truly a unique individual. It was Do people cool to tell see you that, that often. Well, again, back to like <laughs> stuff that interests me. It was cool to be on deck of the ship with no one else around. Yeah, sure. Like a boat with like six thousand people on it, and no one is around. It's eerie. It's cool. Like I thought that was rad. Um, but yeah, we made it through. We did it. Um, we got to Port Canaveral. Right outside Cape Canaveral, right, uh, you know, where Tan Man was supposed to meet up with me, but he was busy. Um, no one waved their hat from port as I left, but uh, we got to watch a rocket launch from Cape Canaveral. Sure. <laughs> that that doesn't interest you? No, I grew up there, so I, I saw oh, a lot true. of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is from a friend of the pod, Elon Musk, sending up a SpaceX uh, mm, satellite. I did, I did see that. But that was pretty cool. I mean, getting to see that was was rad. It's not something I ever thought I'd be able to do, you know. But yeah, I don't know. It was it was good to to just fucking vibe out. I'm trying to think what other stuff happened that would be interesting to you specifically, since I'm boring you. But um, <laughs> oh my my constant search to get a Negroni was a weird, like surreally impossible task. Um. It was so, more complicated than just going to the bar and ordering one? Well, receiving a, a, a complete Negroni was... It was, was more difficult than just putting out your hand and accepting the glass? Yes, it was. <laughs> uh, I, I think I received... They were all like 75% to 85% complete, but there would always be like one detail that was like a miss. Um, the garnish, I, I only received a, like an orange uh, peel once in my drink. Uh, I got a lemon, I got a lime, I got a cherry, like it was like an old-fashioned, <laughs> or a Manhattan, I forget which one. Um, one of them, they served it in like a highball glass to me. Mm-hmm. It was very weird. People shaking it, people not mixing it at all, people stir, you know, stirring it is what you're supposed to do. Only one, one woman made me a Negroni that was actually correct. And uh, you know, um, it was delicious. It makes me think of my father-in-law, who whenever whenever we're out, he'll mm-hmm. order a cocktail, and he'll remind the server how it's made. Um, <laughs> okay. And I've I I'm I've never 
you know, I'm used to it now, but the first few times I was like mortified and usually like double tipped on top of his tip. Cause yeah. I was like, what a fucking asshole. I've watched him like Eagle eye, you know, watch bartenders make his drink and he'll like get up and go tell them it's wrong. It's the most insane shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah. You don't go, there are places you don't go and accept to get, uh, expect to get a, uh, like a perfectly made cocktail. You know what I mean? Um, I, yeah. I would I mean, say that a Negroni is a non-standard cruise cocktail. That's crazy to me because I think it's, it's a Negroni is like a very standard cocktail in any place. Sure. But not, I think a cruise to the, is it Caribbean or Caribbean? It was the Bahamas. Is that not in the it's Caribbean not. or Caribbean? No. Oh, fuck. All right. Well, <laughs> Bahamanians, I don't think, drink uh, uh, Negronis that often. <laughs> yeah, I, I could be wrong. You, you um, could be. But yeah, it was uh, It was just funny that like it, it became like a bit. Like, what would be the detail that would be different this time? You know, I wonder what a shaken Negroni would taste like. It, it's weird because like, have you ever shaken Campari? No. Like, I've drinking just shaken Campari no, over ice, don't. and it like it like aerates itself and turns kind sure. of pink it's actually good mm. um but in the negroni it gets a little weird like mm. with the vermouth i think it it it, it gives it a weird it, it kind of makes the makes it even taste a little bit more bitter I guess I you know have, now that i'm thinking i guess i have shaken a campari because shaking may, campari shaken over ice campari is like really good because i was putting campari in my uh vodka lemonades okay Midsummer. That I don't know good. why. It no, why not? Campari tastes good with everything. I, I ran it. out of I ran out of Aperol. That's why. Oh, uh, okay. That makes yeah, not not a quite one to one replacement, but no. But it was it would made the taste a lot a lot more interesting. Yeah. Uh, um, one one thing that was great was there weren't that many influencers on the cruise. Yeah, because they're all young. Well, it was a little off season. My parents have gone during peak like during the summer and you do get a lot of like young people. I, I just don't think that's how influencers think to travel anymore. I mean, it was refreshing to not see everyone. Like I saw maybe I can count on like one hand, the amount of like people who were taking pictures in like the influencer kind of way, mm-hmm. um, which was very refreshing. Cause you can't step a fucking foot out of New York without someone taking some kind of like weird influencer style photo. So you that know, was nice. Um, the other problem, though, could not escape the wedding, like fodder playlist of like the the music that I hate at weddings that are like the cheap, the cheap songs that get everyone going. But I guess like wedding crowds are very similar to cruise crowds in the sense yeah, of like 100%. here's a bunch of drunk people in a room. It's people. It's people who who uh, their reality is completely centered around the liminal space they're in. <laughs> yeah. No. Abs- that's a great way to put it. And um, on the one excursion we went on uh, in in Nassau Bahamas, uh, we heard "Don't Stop Believing," my maybe one of my least favorite songs of all time. A uh, peak of the wedding trifecta playlist. Um, five times in four hours. <sighs> Uh, Sweet Caroline was another big one. I Mm-mm. I would welcome hearing that song without 
a thousand people saying bop 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 i hate it it's the worst part skin crawl it's not part of the song you're all fucking nerds all of us know internally we do it because it's it's uh now inseparable from the original song but like i just i just hear in my head like three gunshots going off in that part (laughs) (laughs) makes sense you know um but yeah so i couldn't escape that but other than that i think i don't know but now i'm back in new york and it's a really weird time for new york um because it's it's like comic-con the renaissance fair and coffee con all happening at the same time so like the streets are just swarmed with nerds. Well, Coffee Con was small. <laughs> you were so there. So I doubt, yeah, I doubt anybody. So now that we're now that we're 23 minutes into did, cruise talk, did let me anyone, transition did, into my what life. Did you, what did you dress up as for Coffee Con? What did you cosplay as? An for, for people who don't know, you're, you're a big cosplayer. An unemployed coffee professional. <laughs> um... I went to New York for coffee for New York Coffee Fest, which was great. It's one of like three different New York Coffee Fests that are all run by different organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, this one was at the Metropolitan Pavilion at 18 and 6th. So it was in like sort of an unremarkable part of town that I don't spend much time in. Um, but it was weird to be back in a place where. Uh, people do set up ring lights on street corners and like, Oh yeah. Do some shit. It blew my mind. It was the first time I've ever seen it like outside of Brooklyn. Um, so that was fun. I, uh, I don't know if you know this about me. I love riding the subway. I, I don't I know if I did it. know that about you. I, I love it. Really? I've always loved it. What do you, yeah, what do you yeah, like yeah. about it? I have no idea. I just, it's, you just it's love the fun. idea of, of a mass transit system. Yeah, because I don't, I don't like, I don't like owning a car. If I can be honest, yeah. Um, I, uh, I find like, you know, I have a couple motorcycles for, you know, for for transportation, I suppose. <laughs> but like, I like mass transit. I it's so much more convenient most of the time. Uh, also, it adds a different timetable onto everything you're doing. That's true because you're like, I could be there 15 minutes early or 30 minutes late, depending on like how <laughs> this like, train shows up. I feel like that's or, a part people don't like about the subway. Yeah, I love it. Um, <laughs> you love the, the uh, I love the, the chaos of walking. <laughs> I uh, I stayed with uh, a friend and she was going back to or she was going to visit her boyfriend in Delaware, so we sort of took the same Amtrak South. Um, and we took the subway to Penn station and the first train we got on, uh, there was a guy I've never seen this. There was a guy just sitting there with a, with like a big Bluetooth speaker. Okay. Playing music at such an ear splitting level that like I couldn't talk to her next to me. And I was so annoyed by it. That it was the first and only time that I I I got up because I was like I'm an I'm I can't yeah do, I, like I have to say something I'm gonna yeah. knock this guy's phone out of his hand and then realize that like I would probably be murdered um, because he was much larger than me <laughs> and uh, you know what I mean I but it was so we moved to a different car uh, I could still hear the remnants it was pretty insane but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I have overarching thoughts on how New York's changed in the past couple of years since I left. 
I'm curious. I mean, it all um, went to it all went to shit once you left. You were the backbone of well, the it's community. Not, it's not that it went to shit. It's just like a different, you know. Especially the company I work for is based in in Williamsburg, so I spent a lot of time in Williamsburg. And Williamsburg is like almost unrecognizable now. You know what I mean? Oh. Williamsburg used to be, uh, you know, cool. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I guess when I lived there, it was rich people walking around being rich, but yeah, but now it's like richer it's people. Like, now <laughs> it's, now it's Amsterdam. How so? It's like, there's so many weed shops, like, uh, I guess yeah. like semi-legal weed shops. Yeah. Um, there's weed everywhere. I, I hate and it. as, and coming from somebody who was a big fan of the art form, I absolutely hate this. Yeah, that this is something I like when I went to California a number of years ago, back when California was like the second or third place it was legal. Actually, no, it was, yeah. it was before it was recreational. And it was like they had the really kind of fraud weed card system, you right. know, where you'd have like a doctor with, with yeah, like. Yeah, you pay somebody 150 bucks and you get a card. That yeah, day. with like frosted tips right. and like a puka shell necklace to be like, yeah, bro, right. you're, you're fucking, you got anxiety, dog. Yeah. <laughs> And like, but yeah, even there, like just fucking green medical crosses on every (sighs) corner and like, and it just makes like, I I don't smoke weed. I I don't necessarily like it. It's just, I, there there are things about it that I like. There's things about it that, you know, they're, um, 10 years ago if you wanted weed you had to know somebody you know what i mean or you had to like you had to know a good delivery place you had to to interact with another human which is another thing that like no one likes to do anymore and um and now you know you can get it everywhere which i guess is good but there's no oversight to it like i still need to know what i'm if i'm gonna smoke this i still need to know what i'm smoking and i smoke one of those one of those pre-rolls um from a place where like I mean, and also, there's no not that I need customer service. I know we're a very customer service friendly pod. Oh yeah, but um, I, you know, I walk into this shop that's mostly like a bodega, except for behind this counter where it's obviously like, you know, weed stuff. Yeah. There's edibles. Yeah, yeah. There's like you know tinctures and all that stuff. And the guy behind the counter is just like not interested in telling me what anything is. And I get that like he probably deals with like the worst. <laughs> what does this oh. do? What does this do? Yeah. Oh, is this too much for me? You know what yeah, I, mean? yeah, like, yeah. I get that that probably grinds you down in that situation, but like you can't just sit in front of a bunch of like things that say crazy things on them <laughs> w- yeah. without anybody knowing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and the joint I smoked was definitely not like, weed weed there was something uncool well, about that that's what's so interesting is people were like oh yeah like making it legal and making it recreational like will make it safer in the sense that like there is more oversight on it and you know yeah. like the idea of like the weed store that looks like an apple store you know and and having like the bud tender tell you exactly yeah, what look, kind of vibes you're gonna have there's um i think that there's a gray area to i mean like a i think that's a spectrum just like everything yeah. else um i think that your experience is going to be a spectrum i think that there's 
I look at it like bars, right? There's bars that I don't want to go to because it's not my vibe. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's, you know, they serve the same thing or do they? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, for the most part, if there's an open bottle, I don't know what's in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think that it's insane to think that somebody would like pour, you know, ch- the cheapest possible tequila in a Patron bottle. You yeah. Know I mean? Cause, cause nobody knows. Um, and not that that's like a, an analog for, for the mar- the current like marijuana industry, but like it's like my biggest pet peeve when bars have uh, or you know restaurants have a, a bottle of like Aesop hand soap in the bathroom, but like mm, it you definitely know that shit's like Cisco. It definitely yeah it comes out in like the pink like medical grade. I love that. I love <laughs> like, that. Like bar hand soap, you know. We actually we actually do that here. We have a maybe not an Aesop, but like a very nice dispenser uh-huh. uh, that has like dial commercial grade <laughs> like i don't even think it's dial my uh it's got it's got like white rain like dollar neighbor, tree brand my neighbor gave us a fucking gallon of hand soap he's oh, like man. i uh it, it made me break out and liz is like oh i'll take it and I'm like sure. <laughs> it, it already has a good omen to it sweetheart let's yeah, just do yeah. that yeah um but anyway yeah so so uh, brooklyn's weird because of weed um it's all over like if you go to washington square park like it's just dudes with card tables set up in a big circle yeah. around the fountain all sure. selling weed all and it's selling like weed sure like it's i don't yeah i don't know like i said there's now there's like less oversight over it yeah but you know and it's, yeah. it's wild because the like delivery infrastructure is now getting more expensive yeah because you know, to, to be able to keep the same margins or the same, you know, whatever. Anyway. Um, so that was disappointing. Um, another thing I noticed, I know we're getting late, but another thing I noticed was, um, it just, everything looks different. You know what I mean? The, um, a lot of those structures that people had built pre COVID are now like two years old and they're starting to, get a little dilapidated and yeah. start, parts of Brooklyn are really starting to look like a shanty town in a bad way. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so got, I think the city <laughs> has to get in involved. Yeah. The city has to get involved. There was a bar that I used to work at like on my old, old block in Bushwick that has taken over and like parking was already at a premium yeah. and they took over spaces for probably about six cars. Um, with a, yeah. with a, with one of those seating parklets parklet, that is now yeah. falling apart. Well, that's the um, thing with those, cause that people are al- like, yeah, it allowed a lot of establishments who have like very limited indoor seating right. to now like double or triple their like right seating capacity. So like, obviously it's better for them in a business sense. Sure. But, and I always want businesses to succeed. Don't think I don't, but yeah. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like now they're operating on margins where they like can't give up any of that seating and they're probably oh, still yeah. don't have enough. Yeah. And uh yeah, I mean eventually I think that's part of the reason why they haven't kind of told people to get rid of them now at this point. Well, yeah, because and now now it's different because you know, I have a friend who owns a restaurant a block a couple blocks away from 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 my house and mm-hmm. like we had built a parklet for them. I'm, I'm, I'm saying the thing that annoys me, I help do. Yeah. Um, but we built, you know, and, uh, and they have outdoor seating now because they're allowed to, they weren't previously allowed to. Um, and now 
because they would they would fill up every night. Mm-hmm. Now they have eight extra tables, yeah. and they had to hire two extra servers and like extra kitchen people. And now they can't get rid of that because they would have to cut staff. Yeah. Which yeah. is just such a, like a circle of bad ideas, you know? Yeah. It's all, um, fucked. it's crazy. But I just want everybody to succeed. I just want everybody to be happy. Daniel. I, um, I get it. Speaking of happy. <laughs> is that your transition? Can we, can we, can we talk about this? Yeah. Absolute I, I, I masterpiece like, I like of an more album. Of your, your New York thoughts, but. You know. Uh, I you know what I could go on. Um, I mean, this might come out as a as an actual prime episode. So if we run a little long, it's it's okay. Um, yeah, I, look, man, I I had I had a great time. Um, I had a great time, you know, hanging out and doing stupid things, and uh, I don't get to do stupid things that often because <laughs> I have a, a a a smaller version of me to look after. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I I guess I sort of probably went a little off the rails knowing my wife will never listen to this it's fine i talk about it but i mean no we don't we know we don't need to go into that stuff no 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 no. but you know i i had a great time yeah Uh, coffee that's wonderful you saw some some former guests of the pod sure did uh i never i saw a former guest of the pod i guess I never. How many future um, guests of the pod did you see? That's the real question. Zero, probably. <laughs> um, but you know, I went to I went to Coffee Fest. It was lovely. Uh, you know, I I don't. What's what's new industry. in the coffee world? What 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 do we have to look forward to? What's on the horizon? <sighs> A lot of anaerobic, anaerobic everything. You hate anaerobic um, though, or you pretended m- to hate anaerobic? Me? Yeah. I don't. I don't pretend. It just it's uh, it's fine if it's done correctly. I think there's people pushing it too far. Tell uh, tell the listeners what anaerobic actually means. So if you're familiar with wine, there's a process in wine called carbonic maceration. Which is sort of how they break down the fruit, you know, to to juice it. And so, mm-hmm. in the in the case of coffee, and there's a wine person. I almost said a wino. There's a person <laughs> listening to this that I got that <laughs> in wine. Please let me know. But a big thing in coffee, generally, there was two ways. Coffee, you remove the fruit on the outside of of a coffee cherry, right? Mm-hmm. For those that don't know, your coffee beans are actually just the pit of a cherry. Um, and there's two main ways it used to be washed where they would sort of like put it in a sluice and let rushing water remove all that, all that fruit or, um, depending on, um, weather conditions, they would just put it outside and sort of let that fruit bake on and then fall off. And so that's considered natural. The other one's considered washed. And now they have a process that everybody's really pushing, which is, um, anaerobic which is really just removing oxygen like removing air from you know anything uh and there's yeast involved that eats the sugar from the coffee cherries mm-hmm. um and somehow imparts flavor in the coffee um you know i don't i don't want to misspeak cuz i don't actually know that much about it but i know that when done uh when done improperly or in a way that I I don't prefer, it tastes 
actually fermented. Like it tastes like actual sort yeah. of alcohol. And uh, like, I've definitely had coffee that's tasted like that for sure. And I, I like coffee. I want to like all coffee, but there's just some things that don't taste like coffee to me. And I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want that. Um, I love natural processed coffees. I love wash processed coffees. I like some honey stuff. Um, I, you know, I, I had an anaerobic, a washed anaerobic this morning from black and white. That's one of the best coffees I've had this year, but I just don't want every single coffee yeah. to be anaerobic. You know, I had a bunch of people give me coffees and I would say half three quarters of the coffees I have downstairs are all anaerobic. And I can tell you, I also drank the weirdest coffee of my entire fucking life. Um, last week, which, you know, this isn't, Okay, this is like partially coffee pot. I feel good about it. Um, for those who don't know, there's two main species of coffee plants. There's Robusta, which is like bad coffee, diner coffee, yeah, yeah. very bitter, like not what you want. A lot of caffeine, though. It's a very popular crop because the plants grow very big yeah. and have very large harvests. Um, so it's worth less because there's more of it. And then there's Arabica, which is everybody, that's specialty coffee. Everybody's used to drinking that. Um there's another plant species called Eugenioides, if oh. I'm pronouncing that right. And it's a very old, very rare coffee plant species. Um, and I had a Colombian because it's only brought back by one farm whose name I can't remember right now. Um, and... Uh, and it's the weird, it tastes like hot, sweet tea, oh, naturally. That's wild. Um, in a way that I wanted four ounces to sip and then that's it, and not to drink an entire pot, which yeah. I did, and I hated it. <laughs> it was like drinking a hot candy bar. It was, it was really very uncomfortable. Coffee, the coffee beans themselves were very, very small, smaller than a pea berry. Huh. Very wild. That's crazy. Um, but that's coffee, baby. Yeah, I want to try that. That sounds good. Uh, it's very expensive. I, yeah, uh, I bet. Um, and, and you drank a whole pot of it. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you know, uh, former guest Matt Ferrara came to visit um, and had brought coffee from... Oh, you did mention they that, had, yeah. They had prelims for, for, I guess that was Brewer's Cup or whatever, or maybe it was the, it was the barista. Something having to do with, with coffee competition. And he had brought some leftovers from Onyx, um, and that's that was one of them. It was so insane. I, I wish he would have warned me. It was so insane. Eh, yeah, the I, I like the Onyx stuff. I want to. Yeah, I mean, but that's again, uh, they're a very big company doing yeah. really wonderful things. Uh, I just feel like the flip side is, I think everybody wants to push, be the one to push things further. Yeah, and maybe maybe we're just good here. And yeah, like the further yeah, like you push when, it, when people the more go too far want. and you kind of leave more traditional behind in a way, right. it, it kind of yeah. It do you remember? Do you remember when the bucket list came out? The movie, the hit movie. Um, <laughs> I, I've never seen it, but I remember around that time. And all of a sudden, everybody was like, "Oh my god, there's coffee that's made from like cat shit." Oh, the civet that's insane! Coffee? And all of yeah. a sudden, like. That's all anybody wants to talk about when they, <laughs> when you tell them you're involved in coffee. Yeah, um, yeah. But that was too far in the wrong direction. You know, there were farms that were force feeding animals uh, coffee cherries yeah. just to increase 
you know, profit. Because there was it's such insane. a demand for $100 yeah, bags it was of like, coffee. It was like foie gras for a minute. Yeah, no, that's actually, I was, was going to say that. But yeah, I, I get that. I mean, uh, my favorite place, Mod Cup in Jersey City, you know, they, they did an anaerobic peach uh, right. where they fermented everything with peaches and it was unbelievably good. Right. Some of the, like, you know, it, it but it, it doesn't taste like a normal cold brew. Like you're tasting more of the peach than actual coffee in some cases. Uh, great combo, but not like something that satiates, I just want a good coffee, you know? But yeah. then they went a little further in another direction where they did one with grape. And they called it the Balearic. Hmm. And it kind of has a weird cough syrup taste to it. Like it, it's it's not it's a flavor that doesn't necessarily pair well, I think, with the coffee itself, the way like the peach did, you know. Sure. And uh, I don't know. Personally, I think I'm a natural, natural Ethiopian coffee guy. That's yeah. my favorite. Sure. I mean, that's. But people have gotten away from like the bright, the bright fruity kind of Ethiopian. Yeah, which is which is uh, you know unfortunate. That's something I really loved in coffee. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, it's good to have, you know, everything always course corrects. Um, I know we had talked about LinkedIn recently on the pod. Um, and I, there was a guy who was going on and on about like how bad the fourth wave of coffee is on on LinkedIn. And Mm -hmm. I was just sort of like, you love LinkedIn. I do. It's 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 honestly it's the worst place to exist. Yeah, and I just love bathing in human misery. Oh boy! Um, just like I think I would love to be a bartender at a bar that people just use to break up with people. <laughs> Can you imagine daily having like a front seat to watch just like? I think that's a good, the most raw moment of someone's life just like what do i do now oh my god you could call it valentine's (laughs) 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 all right dan um let's talk about you sitting on uh on uh the bulkhead of a cruise ship listening to i don't even know what the word bulkhead means but you're sitting on the port the port of the cruise ship the front so Um, so you're sitting on the port just listen i'm still your fag so excited (laughs) oh one last thing about the cruise that blends with coffee the starbucks on ship was open 7 a.m to 11 p.m and that's unhinged yeah people were getting coffee at 11 p.m oh man i would uh i would definitely do a 9 p.m nine like 9 p.m is still very different than 11 p.m you know especially when there's not that much to do after 10 p.m was everybody wearing pineapple stuff Oh, that because they got to stay up late. Bro. We didn't even talk about that. That's a whole I other think, thing. Yeah, I think we should. The save swinger that. culture of the cruise ship is is a um, wild, wild thing. But yeah, um, sit yeah, sitting on the on the front of the cruise ship, uh, just listening to this record, looking at the the gigantic hunter full moon over the ocean. I'm glad I was right when you said what would be a good album for me to listen to on the cruise. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, no. Uh, this is one I I I very much enjoyed. Um, had you listened to "You Forgot It" and people? By the way, we're talking about the hit uh, "Broken Social Scene" album. You forgot it in people. Yeah, um, I had listened to this record mainly because what? of the meme. Did Arts and Crafts put this out? I don't know. 
Um, it came out in 2002, right? Yeah, I mean, at best, I came to this record very, very late, if at all. I mean, I mainly listened to it because so many people arts and crafts in the last five years or so have been posting Uh like the anthem of a 17 year old girl, like park your car meme. I don't know the meme. Oh, it's just people saying that, like, that verse over and over again in like weird things. Uh, hmm. we'll have to find some, some to post in the, in the description, but, uh, I came up with my own on the cruise ship. Okay. Park that boat, drop that anchor, yep. sleep in your mm-hmm. cabin, dream about me. That's what I thought one. of while I was sitting there it's staring at the moon by myself. <laughs> you know, so this is the first, uh, Broken Social Scene record I ever heard. Yeah, um, I, I haven't listened probably, to any other ones for sure. It's probably why it's my favorite. Um, but I think this, this is, is most people's favorite. This is a uh, this is a landmark in an absolutely stellar discography. Oh, okay. Like they don't have a bad album. Interesting. And I think part of that is how many albums do they have? Six. Five? Oh shit. Okay. Because yeah, they're yeah, they're like a, a collective, correct? Right. I think the whole thing stems around a couple main people, but like Feist is involved. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, no, she she definitely is, and also um, the woman from Metric, I believe, is also involved. It's like any popular Canadian musician. I think uh, Justin Bieber was in it for a time. Um, Justin Bieber, <laughs> Drake, uh, there are, I believe. There are six albums. Jesus, okay, and this is this is two there, of six. Was there another band? Oh, I used to get the bro- I used to get broken social scene confused with the scene aesthetic back in the day. Uh, oh, I don't know that other one. Uh, scene aesthetic was like a bad like MySpace band. Oh yeah, it doesn't doesn't sound good. No. Oh no, no. I'm saying like the there was a band called the Scene Aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, and they had oh they did that Beauty in the Breakdown song that I think everyone has a song named that, but mm, I'm unfamiliar. Um, thankfully yeah um, yeah 2007 stuff but yeah so here's here's the first thing i like about this record um it uh and i don't know if if you agree but there's so much going on on the record there's so many layers and there's so much instrumentation that a lot of times i don't even know what instrument i'm listening to yeah, you know, I there's a lot agree of horns, and there's a lot of horns that also double as like what synth sounds would be. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. It's, I mean, right off the bat, the best thing I could say is this record is recorded incredibly. Oh, it it's all it, of them. It it's might be impeccable. one of the better sounding like indie recordings I've heard, at least like in recent memory. It's. Yeah, it sounds sounds really fucking good. And yeah, you can um, kind of pick apart all the layers. Um, yeah, have you ever watched a Wes Anderson movie? I know you have. <laughs> I've seen a few, yeah. Um, you know, around the like 20th time you watch anything, you notice stuff in the background that you didn't notice before. Oh, yeah. And I yeah, feel yeah. like that's that's this record. You know, I, I can listen to this. I listen to this probably... 20 times 25 times it you know just because i i love it I'll yeah. ne- you know if i start it i'm not gonna stop it um and i don't even skip the instrumental first song really even though it doesn't go anywhere i love it yeah it kind of sets you up uh i always forget that it's instrumental when i start it 
Yeah. And by the time you realize it, like it's already the second song, you know? Oh yeah. Um there yeah, there's actually a few instrumentals on this record, right? There's mm-hmm. like three or four. But yeah, I but think... they're very short. It's the uh it's speaking, the, speaking um... of indie music, I have my window open because it's that time of year and the, the church bells from the block behind me are just going off. So oh, people won't yeah, be able to hear boy. that. That's good. Um setting the tone. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Pacific theme is a is an instrumental. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that that even sounded good while I was in uh dun, even the dun, in the Atlantic it sounded good. Dun, dun. Yeah, it's like a bossa it's nova such, kind of thing. It's so good. The kids love bossa nova. Um burn down. <laughs> uh it's it's a it's a it's a weird record because so do you have you ever listened to Mercury Rev? No. I Mercury Rev was like a, uh, I want to say 70s. I know I'm going to get this wrong and, and somebody's going to say, you fucking idiot. How are you doing a music podcast where you don't know what you're talking about? <laughs> that's that's um, the name of the game over here. Oh, yeah. I barely uh, Mercury Rev. I mean, it looks like most of their oh, albums okay. are in the 90s 19, and the 2000s. 1989. I'm okay. sorry. Um, before my time. But I remember the first time I listened to it and I was like, there's so much going on here. I can't like, I can't peel back the layers. I'm not interested. Um, also, it's a little more cinematic because that's, I think, I think you forgot it in people is, is a very cinematic record. Every song sounds like it could be, um, uh, you know, like, on a film score. Yeah. Um, I think and, it has and, been in a lot of things. Right. Uh, besides just, uh, besides just Scott Pilgrim, but, um, was it in Scott Pilgrim? Oh uh, yeah. What, what song did they use in Scott Pilgrim? Uh, the 17 year old girl song. Did they? Shit. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it's, it's been a lot of TV shows. Uh, it was on their Wikipedia and they, they were talking about it. Um, like, like sounds like a mixtape at some points. Oh, for sure. Uh, but yeah, it was. It's. Oh my god, what was their their what's it called? I don't know. I'll find it. Keep talking. Um. I I, I you gotta you gotta give me something right. to talk about. I right, I can well, just okay. go on no, and on I, about I found how much it. I love it was it. on Queer as Folk. It was on Wicker right. Park. It was Lie to Me. Say Uncle Half Nelson. The Invisible, Tracy Fragments, The Time Traveler's Life, Scott Pilgrim, and Falks on Fiction. Most of it was Lover's Spit. Yep. Um, but uh, which is a, an amazing and the lyrics. Yeah, that is incredible. A really good song. There's a lot of horny on Maine. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> on this album, did you? Uh, well, they just had that scientific. Um, they did that scientific study that concluded that Lover's Spit is actually just piss. Uh, he does talk about piss drinking. He does. <laughs> There's a lot of bodily fluids in this um, in this album. A lot of they talk about menstruation, ejaculation. It very as, horny as they should, as, as every record should. I mean, it it you know my Christian sensibilities were put to the test a little bit, you know, but. Well. Uh, so there's two there's two original members, right? Yeah, the Kevin guys and Brendan, KC Instrumental or something was a previous band, right? That they allude to on this record a few times. Yeah, and I love I love the idea of two people being like, "Yeah, let's bring in fifteen more." <laughs> right. Uh, 
have you ever have you seen them live? No, I mean not in person, but like did you watch any live videos or anything? No, I meant to and then you told me we were recording today early, so I I did not. Oh. I instead watched Love Island last night. Um very cool. There's a there's a really great um there's a really great live performance where it's like a it's like a live here it is, House of Strombo, which I don't know if you know House of Strombo, but they do a bunch of really great I don't. Um, like live sessions. But the Broken Social Scene one is exceptionally good because it's such a small area and they fit so many people in a very small area. <laughs> yeah. And it just, it's a, such a good metaphor for the band because it sounds flawless. The performance is amazing. And there's so many people who just look like they're having the best fucking time of their life. I kind of did that. Which is sort of how I feel when I listen to this record. Because mm-hmm. um, I think at the time, you know, what else was got? Like Arcade Fire, bands like that were, were putting out records. And like, there was like a whole, you know. Like the idea how of much like a collective. We, yeah. And how much can we fit into a pop song kind of thing. Well, where, that, that also kind of reminds me of like the Polyphonic Spree. And their their record oh, came yeah. out in their first record came out in two thousand two also so very right, much of right. the same very much of the same uh, idea you know were they also Canadian where are they from oh they're from Texas Polyphonic Spree yeah they're from yeah, Texas yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but that also uh, had like X Tripping Daisy yeah well it also had uh, what's her face Annie Clark in it from uh, Saint Vincent was in Polyphonic Spree in... really yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Vocals and guitar, I think. Uh, which makes sense. But uh, yeah, so kind of similar deal with like Feist and, and uh, blanking on her name, but from, from Metric. But um, yeah, very much v- maximalism is, was like yes. the theme of that time in, the, in, this, in this scene at the time. Which is funny because I never really understood the comparisons of like the world is a beautiful place to broken social scene and now i get it sure you know putting Um, putting a ton of stuff into an indie song which like can be done very wrong oh yeah Um, i mean i'm trying to think of variables you add the more variables you have to go wrong you know i was trying to think i was trying to think of like the worst version of this music um and because this is the best version Uh of like maximalist indie pop yeah you know that has like world music influences and not in a bad way Mm -hmm. that makes sense um you know i think uh i think vampire weekend got there with they were only ever three or four people right right um trying to think of who else uh you know, I, I don't know how you feel about the arcade fire. I'm I'm in on the first two records and I don't care after that. Never never really got in on them. Mm, um, but I What about like Animal Collective? Right. I've never listened to Animal Collective. I've never listened uh, to them. I know they, they just I know it's beloved, but they just canceled beloved. their tour because they said it was like not like one of the biggest indie bands in the world canceled their tour because they deemed it like to be not profitable. That's wild. Yeah. Are um, they from here? Aren't they from 
Not from Baltimore. <laughs> from the U.S.? <laughs> no, I know, but I'm trying to think of where. I thought they were, something told me they were from. They're probably from Brooklyn, New York. Do you think? Um, Animal Collective over here. That's what they say. Baltimore, um, Maryland. They're from Baltimore. Holy shit, you're right. Um. Wow. Because isn't Dan Deacon involved in that? I don't think so okay I uh, no that'd be idea. really wild if he was <laughs> who's he's a baltimore guy right yeah 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 he sucks uh, i hate uh, his songs uh, there is someone in animal collective whose last name, name is deacon, deacon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but spelled different yeah, yeah um so what is it what is it about um what is it about canada is it just because there's less people like i know that i know that can canada supports their artists better like i think there is a grant program if i'm I'm not yeah yeah, i'm not mistaken i i want to say there's a grant program that also almost gives you like a ubi if you're like creating art Mm -hmm. in in canada um uh, UBI is universal basic income uh-huh. for you capitalists out there. Uh, for for Bezos, if you're listening, <laughs> um, it, you know it, it's it's a it's a it's a wild infrastructure. You know, I don't know if you've ever looked at like who wins the Polaris Award. Not um, not regularly. It's a it's a it, it's just it's a very interesting. Like it, musical infrastructure there. You yeah, know what I mean, well, it's a, it's, they definitely support their artists a lot better. Yeah, I don't know about the UBI portion of it, but I know like they do a large amount of like partial and full funding, like with grants right. and things. And if you look, like I think like Pup, if you like, I guess a, a very current example for people in our listener base who would know, it's like the band Pup, very Canadian. Uh, but if you look on the records, it has a little like seal of the Canada like music arts program. Um, and uh you know also i think that's partially how they have such good music videos right like i think that's also under the umbrella of the funding that they're able to like do like really well produced music videos and uh but i remember do you remember the band oh was it living with lions i think it was Mm. um they were a pop punk band during the era of like you know early wonder years transit um and they did an album called Holy Shit. Uh-huh. And uh it had it looked like the cover of a Bible that said Holy Shit instead of the Bible you know, Holy uh instead of Holy Bible. And uh-huh. inside apparently had like pictures of like biblical pictures, but instead of like Christ, it was a, a turd. <laughs> okay, and they it. got they got their um they got their canadian like music grant um revoked where like they took the money back because they didn't want to fund something that was like blasphemous or something like that or like offensive right uh so i guess there is like ups and downs regarding like you're accepting outside funding but there is like a restriction on how that money is being used so i guess it's kind of a double-edged sword right Um, i think I think if you make a record in Canada, um, 
you can like take advantage of some of the things oh, they do. I didn't you know about have to that. Be like, yeah. Or you can get like your recording time subsidized or something. Yeah. Cause that would be, um, that would be amazing. I would love, I would love nothing more than to go make a record with, um, with Hayden. Who? I know I've put him on our mixes before. I talk about him all the time. He's one of my favorite musicians, uh, Canadian or otherwise. Um, cause he makes like really slow, quiet, like chamber pop music okay. sorta. Um, and like, oh man, I would love to make a record with him. I'm sure, you know, he's also on arts and crafts. Let's, uh, let's go report the pot up in, in like, uh, Montreal on, on, on Moose Jaw Lake or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's record the pot up there and get some of that good subsidy money. I'm, I'm good at inflating line items on a budget, you know? But yeah, there is yeah there is some where where in Canada are are uh, broken social scene from? I mean, there's two places. There's two possible options. Is there? Yeah, there's Toronto or Montreal, and I think it's Toronto. It's Toronto, yeah, yeah. It's, Have you ever been to Toronto? <sighs> briefly. Um, it's a weird place. I sort of love it. Milk and bags. <laughs> is Toronto the the milk and bags part of Canada? Yeah. Um, Because it's not all of Canada, I also found out. Um, But yeah, Toronto, I went, we visited my uncle who lives in uh, like Hamburg, New York, outside of Buffalo. Mm -hmm. And we went to Niagara Falls. And this is pre 9 11. So we crossed into Canada just for funsies and uh, ate lunch, I think, at the Toronto Hard Rock. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you gotta. Um, And that's my experience. And then we drove back. Uh, that was my experience in Toronto. So very, I, once very played a sh- I played a show um, at a bar. Mm. The worst show I've ever played <laughs> um, at a bar in Toronto called the Bovine Sex Club. Oh, my God. Which I know what you're thinking already. With a name like that, how could it not have been the best show you've uh-huh. ever played? Uh, I, I'm just going to tell you about it. Because now that I'm reliving this in my head, it was the most insane fucking thing that's ever okay, happened. Yeah, so, elaborate. We were, you know, we were, I was booking a tour. There was a band called, I want to say they were called Sparrows, not Red Sparrows, but just Sparrows, I want to say. They were like sort of um, like a dark pot, like pre-New Gaze, because that was about to pop off, but hadn't yet. Mm-hmm. It was like sort of a pre-Shoegaze pop punk i don't know not for me uh it was interesting at the time but i i don't think that it would be anything people would still be listening to but the singer that band had had booked us a show with them and i was like this is going to be really fun they were starting to pop off at the time um and then i want to say two days before he tells me they have to drop off the show and i'm like well that's fine as long as the show's still happening you know let me know yeah and he said, sure, the show's still happening. Um, and then we get there and find out that every other band dropped off <laughs> and that we were playing um, and that there was one other band playing. And I was like, okay. Uh, didn't realize the other band that was playing was a cover band. <laughs> Amazing. So, um, like, you were truly set up for failure. Like, Truly set up for failure. We played, a, we played a, uh, on a stage that had a railing in the front love that um in a tiny room there were 
I want to say there were four people there because the other band at one point I was like doors were at six and it was like seven thirty, and the other band wasn't there yet. And I was like, I'm playing. Fuck this. Yeah. Gears already up there. Like, I just want to get this over with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and played the worst, worst show I've ever played in my life. Amazing. Uh, we kept looking at each other like, can we stop? I think we played four songs. Like, can we stop now? This is embarrassing. The, um, yeah, I, and, and then I almost got in a fight with a Canadian, which is really hard to have happen. <laughs> what was the fight? Because over? I asked him, I asked him, I went to a bar and I asked them to, to change friends and put on baseball. And, uh, <laughs> and this, this grizzled man told me they don't watch baseball in that bar. This is the friends bar. Yeah, this is the friends bar. That's it's so called funny. Central Park, so I should have known. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, that's that's that was a lot. Not about the record. I apologize. Hey, that's, <laughs> that's what we're all about here. It's. I mean, that's hilarious. I now I kind of want to do like a show at like like one of those bars, like uh, like Blues Brothers comes to mind, like the, where they play like the honky tonk bar with uh, all the the chicken wire in front of the I stage, love it. and, and just get pelted with bottles the entire yeah. time. Have you ever seen a place like that? <sighs> Not that I can think of off the top of my head. I remember being, uh, I want to say in Mississippi, like nowhere near a major city and like stopping to use the bathroom in a bar and thinking like, oh, I'll just grab lunch or something. Yeah. And like the stage was almost in the middle of the room, completely surrounded by like chicken wire. That's and it was wild. like, holy shit, this place really gets it's lit. Like, huh? It's like hell in a cell. Yeah. Bartender, <laughs> the bartender had like three teeth, and I'm sure that wasn't all from Mississippi Dental. Oh um, what a place. What is just an amazing slice of life. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't done enough of uh, the southern portion of America. Should do more. Time to take a road trip, Daniel. I know. Um, when I, my last road trip cross country was the, the northern route, so it's time mm. to do the southern. Well, when we go on tour, we'll make sure we hit. We'll need chicken wire. <laughs> yeah, we'll bring our own. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? You know what's hard to talk about this record. It's hard because it's so good. Um, there's a lot of things about this record. Here's something that I don't. I don't know if you if you agree with, but. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not familiar with most of the influences on this album. Yeah. So all of this sounds like new material to me. All of this sounds like no one's ever done this before, which is definitely not true. It was the same thing that people thought I keep bringing up Vampire Weekend because it's like a non-standard indie pop band. But like, I think a lot of when people first heard, uh, when people first heard uh, Vampire Weekend, they were like, what is this? Forgetting that, like, Paul Simon Graceland exists, and, and yeah. that's it. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. Like, I don't know what the Graceland to this record is. I think I think they're pulling a lot of influences, yeah, outside of, like, what would be in the indie realm. You know, like, they're not pulling right. from peers. Right, but uh, how do you take, how do you take, like you know, Samba beats or like, you know, stuff like that and make it indie rock besides just putting an electric guitar over it. Yeah. I mean, cause even his vocal delivery is not a standard vocal delivery. His words yeah. kind of like, and it's not on every song. Um, but there's a lot of times where, 
where Kevin's voice just sort of floats over everything. Yeah. Um, and doesn't barely interacts with the music at all in a way that's like, I don't know. I don't get it. Feel, corny, it feels, feels kind of like, disjointed. It feels like, yeah, a, like, but like it separated. Also, it also, it feels like a relationship mm. between those two things and, you know, happening simultaneously, but not necessarily because of each other. Well, that that's like, if that um, makes sense. I mean, like one of the biggest, I mean, I guess what, what songs have kind of permeated beyond this record is like, you know, Anthem for a 17 year old girl, which yeah, it's Emily Haynes is a singer of, of metric. Who has right. an insane voice, incredible voice, but this record, she she sounds like the vocal equivalent of, of like a toy piano. Right. Like it sounds like she's singing through like a vocoder. She sang on this record? Yeah, that's her singing that song. Oh, I guess I thought that was Feist. Yeah, no, that was that was Emily Haynes. Um but like knowing what metric sounds like, it's doesn't right. sound like her and, at all. You know? And the uh the soft skeleton records. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh which I might prefer to metric if I can be Yeah, Metric's got some hits for sure. Totally uh it's funny, I mean my preference on Again, that's Scott Pilgrim another another Scott Pilgrim song. Yeah. Um I, I guess it's a Canadian movie, so it makes sense. That, that, that is I'm true, surprised yeah. Fucked, so. fucked up as an in uh <laughs> But yeah, it's I actually prefer the Brie Larson version of Black Sheep than, oh, than the original Emily Haynes I, metric I, version. I, I bet you do. <laughs> but yeah, it's it is interesting that the you know, it's there's just so many people involved. Like the right. member list on on Wikipedia is like it's longer than the than the Shy Halud one, you know. Yeah. Uh it's funny. It's funny cuz I you know, I it it's ironic that I talk shit so much about long records and mm-hmm. I give you a record that's like a fucking hour long. Yeah. Um it's 53 minutes and it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it. That's it's very true. Um, I guess it's because it keeps moving along, and there's so many different uh, tempos and textures, and um, yeah, I, I think you it's, know, I think it's it's tra- like it's sequenced very well too. Oh, absolutely. I, there's just there's nothing nothing I skip. Although I I sometimes skip anthems for a 17 year old girl only because i've heard it so many times but <laughs> yeah but even that song in the context of the record when that song sneaks up it's not like a you know ugh, not this song again it's almost like a hello old friend a little bit um, yeah yeah and it, it adds context to it you like this is not a band that has singles you know what I mean? This is not a band. Mm-hmm. You know, if they have radio hits, it's it's because they write great pop songs and not because they decided to write yeah. a hit, if that makes sense. One one thing I gotta say is all the members, every member in this member list on Wikipedia, every single person except for Adam Marvey has their own, or I guess there's, okay, there's three people who don't have their own Wikipedia pages. So this is like... The super group to end all super groups, you know, sure. <laughs> like, uh, just people who have like dense. Okay, yeah, yeah. So one guy is in Do Make Say Think. Another guy's in right. fucking Stars. Right. Uh, Divine Which Right. That one. I did you like that Stars record? 
I never really got into them. I know it's good. It's just, it kind of like washes over me the, in a way. I feel like that is opposite of what I just said, where like there is a hit on that record mm-hmm. and it doesn't fit with the rest of the record. And it's not whatever the hit that everybody says, but Angel's Beauty, I don't know if you've ever seen mm-hmm. or heard that song. Um, there's a video for it that's really good. Uh, you know, it's just, it's a, yeah, sorry, go on. Who oh. else? Uh, yeah, just a lot of people, shared shared people and stars and and uh, metric as well. Uh, you know, obviously Feist is hugely successful on her own. A lot yeah. of these other people are like solo musicians that just like you know a ton of of other backup stuff. I mean, metric is You're huge. Right. Obviously, you can just click on almost anybody. Yeah, yeah, and they, uh, and they do something else. Martin uh, is in was in Hayden. Um, wait, who was in? Martin Davis Kanak. Where is that? Noted for his works in Brochure Silker Scene, Hayden, and Sarah Harmer. Mm. He's a producer. That Interesting. I guess. Uh, Reverie Sound Review. Uh, oh, uh, John, Mac- uh, John McIntyre is from Tortoise and Sea and Cake. Another Sea and oh, Cake yeah. reference. Great. Uh, yeah, it's fucking wild. Yeah, ton of ton of crossover with stars. Um, I, I the thing this all sounds great in theory. You know what I mean? Like yeah. having a large collective um, sounds great. Like you just sit there and people add on and add on and add on <laughs> yeah. and make this beautiful sound. But I wonder what their actual writing process is. I mean, you I know, think it's I'm mostly sure it's just, just the like, two main guys, and then right. it's. But yeah, when you're something like. In a band like this, you kind of have to write it like you're composing music. You yeah. know what I mean? Just a total wild way and, to go about it. And that's it. something I, I even not wild. thought was crazy. Oh, there's also a lot of people who cross over at the Weaker Thens, too, which is pretty wild. Um, but Fucking Canada. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's one of those deals. Like, I mean, a good example is uh, there's a really, really great live performance of The World's a Beautiful Place. Um that my friend actually did like some of the cinematography for, but it's them playing in a church with like a ton of TVs and candles everywhere, but they're doing like a 12 or 13 member version lineup of, uh, I think they did three world is songs around when harmlessness came out. And like, it takes, they're playing two drummers. They have like five guitarists. They have, you know, trumpet and violin and uh keyboard and like a ton of, like you have to compose music to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. You can't just jam and have it come out. Like you got to do some prep, and like same deal with this. Like or like you know, we talked about spiritualized. Like that's another band that has a ton of members in it, you know. And you kind of have to approach music in a way that like most punk bands don't approach music, you know. Yeah, and maybe that's maybe that's the onus of of being wowed by this is on me. For oh, not, no. I mean, it's an impressive not record. Listening it's, it's, to like, you know what I mean? But, and I, I mean, their, their entire catalog is good. I gotta, um, I gotta check out the other stuff for the, sure. I mean, this um, is obviously their like most famous record, I would say. Right. And they're funny. Like, you know, forgiveness rock records are really funny, uh, you know, thing to say. Um, I love the self-titled record, mm-hmm. I guess. That's not many people's favorite, but, okay. um, I can't, uh, I, do you ever use your, uh, Spotify on repeat playlist? No, 
I almost never use any pre-made playlists on Spotify. I should. I love it. Uh you know, I, it's funny cause I, my, I listen to that on repeat playlist so much that, that it just stays the same. <laughs> it's just itself. Um, I love our joint. I, we have that joint playlist. That's the two of our music yeah. tastes. And it's just, mm-hmm. it, it, it's like exactly the same because we just listen it's to music the for this podcast. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is um, on your on repeat right now? Give me your top 10 on repeat. I'm sure. curious. Uh, on repeat is, uh, a lot of it is, uh, stuff we talk about the podcast some of it uh top 10 uh motorcycle drive by third eye blind i should have been watching you by hayden crushing by bedhead uh death cab for cutie wild pink magnolia electric company the national engine down new year i've been listening to a lot of the rapture lately i'm not sure why uh band of horses more hayden more death cab uh, a lot of Jillian Welch down here at the bottom. Interesting. It's honestly, I, this thing is probably what? How many songs is this? 30, I think they do. 30? Uh, I guarantee you 12 of them are Death Cab songs. Wow. Because I've been listening to so much Death Yeah, Cab. I got a lot of new, the new Wonder Years, Broken Social Scene, Spiritualized, Dungeon Down, mm-hmm. Crime and Stereo, Bouncing Souls. What? Why? What, is, it re, is it Retread? Is that the song that's in there? Which one? The engine down song? No, intent to pacify. Oh, it's so good. I love that. Song. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of it's podcast stuff at the moment, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I don't I don't use my own repeat playlist that often. I I should. I don't use Spotify for most of what Spotify is made, supposed to use. I think for. it's a good if you if I take my own repeat playlist and just put it on shuffle. It's good for short trips. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um. <clears throat> I've always been a full album person. I went to Say Coffee. I don't know if you've been to Say Coffee. It sounds familiar. Uh, Probably have in it Bushwick. Some point. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It's no, like I've a, been there. It's like a block away from the Morgan L. Yeah. Um, and while I was in there, they were listening to all of Oracular Spectacular. Oh, okay. Um, and I like, and I made a joke. I was like, "You're just gonna play the whole album?" And they're like, "Yeah, why the fuck would I not?" <laughs> <laughs> it was like I was like, well, when I worked at a bar and I would play whole national records, nobody was very happy about that. That's a different. That's a different vibe for sure. But I don't know. I mean, you can play it at your at your breakup bar, Valentine's coming god, soon. I would love to. <laughs> oh my god, that would be perfect. The uh, I, I do love the idea of someone in Bushwick. Like it's come full circle around that people are like unironically listening to MGMT again. I know, and that was that was the crazy thing because I was like, I could tell what she was looking at, why she was looking at me when I was like, Zzz. did you post something recently about uh, uh, listening to MGMT? Uh, Were you? Did I catch you listening to MGMT at some point? Maybe. Uh, I when I was a few months ago, I was messing around with uh, my kids. Um, we have the cat piano from Target. Mm-hmm. Every parent knows about cat piano, of course. Yeah. Um, and we also have dog guitar. Didn't someone dog make an guitar. album out of the cat piano? Oh, I they had to have. Yeah. Um, but I was playing MGMT on cat piano and dog guitar one day. Amazing. My kid was unimpressed, <laughs> which mean she's broken um yeah you know i feel like 
what do you even say about this record? Like, I think it's been, good. I mean, this we've been is, talking about it for a while. It's it, it's it's a masterpiece. It's hard to and, critique, and it's hard to talk about masterpieces because there's no conceivable way to like do it in an easy format. Like I started to take notes and I was like, there's no point. You yeah. know what I mean? Every, the, everything I feel like is noteworthy. Yeah. I, Most of my notes centered around the lyrics for I'm still your fag, which is the <laughs> saddest fucking song. It really is. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, I don't know. Oh, that one, one thing that was interesting to me was, uh, in look just like the sun, they left in like the studio direction. Oh, like yeah. it sounds like they're putting down a scratch track, and they just kept the scratch track. Like they—that's oh, the, yeah. the version they used, which is kind of cool. Like for a record that is so well produced and kind of flawlessly executed, to have a song that's like kind of intentionally, you know, uh, intentionally raw in that sense, whether it's like yeah. actual, genuine, or manufactured, it, it's an interesting choice. Um, but it was kind of cool. Uh, so I kind of dug that. Do you have any critiques at all? I I don't. I, I'm I'm not usually someone who likes kind of instrumental stuff, but I think in this record, like the instrumental songs don't go on. Like they're they're long. Like looking at the times of these, they're like mm-hmm. the shortest ones capture the flag. But it's still like two and a half minutes, isn't it? It's two minutes, two like two minutes and eight seconds. But yeah, I mean, some of these like the instrumentals don't feel long. Like you don't even realize that they're instrumentals, you know? Right. And I, that's the best thing I could say about something like that, you know? Um, they 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 add to the record. They don't. They're not like a net neutral, you know, at the minimum. So yeah, it's this is a good record. I was happy to listen to it. I think where i was listening to it was like a good it was a good vibe you know Mm -hmm. it was a good choice um i think that might have added to it more so sure like me me listening to this record while like bombing through the city or something it might have been a different vibe oh it feels good it does it still still has that kind of i mean for me energy i I can do it i mean i think i I think that's why so you know, uh, you were you were talking about how like oh you you know you being alone on the cruise or whatever like it allowed me to listen to more of the mid tempo stuff that I usually don't listen to because I'm always like in some kind of like cra- you know area that I need to put something on with a pace you know yeah and this kind of allowed me to to chill out a bit yeah I mean it's um it's a good break it's a if I find that I'm, it's a, it's almost like a palate cleanser in a way. Um, it's a good way to scrub the timeline of like, you know, cause I'll get stuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. After we talked about Punisher, I listen to that only <laughs> that for like another week. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a good, cause it's a great record to like sort of pop in and out of, although yeah. I can't imagine not listening to the whole thing, but yeah, vibes on vibes, you know, and, and, and my final thought, honestly, mm-hmm. is that, uh, the music is so fun and the music feels for considering how, how much is going on. It feels very light. Um, 
And that's juxtaposed with how heavy the lyrics are. Yeah. I I know we're not going to get into it um, like song by song, but like there's some like absolutely heavy uh, like lyrical content on here that translates just like as a contrast to the music that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's definitely interesting for that. And yeah, the, the lyrics are pretty heavy, but I don't know. The lyrics were were decent to me. They weren't like they weren't like poetic necessarily, but they were like descriptive in a way that's suits the music for sure. Right. But yeah, it's hard to actually analyze them without going song for song, so we'll we'll spare yeah. everyone that. But um well, I want to tell you Dan, I'm really happy we did this. Okay. Uh it's for for not everybody you know, we've been not potting for almost two weeks now. Yeah, we so, kind of banked a bunch because we were, you know, busy. It was a very nice break, uh, but it's glad. I'm glad you have a good had a good time on your trip. I'm glad that we did a, an episode about a record we both liked, <laughs> a record that you liked that I also enjoyed. We yeah. the the engine down record hasn't episode hasn't come out yet, and that one bummed you out big time. But uh, <laughs> that'll probably come out after this one, I think. But yeah. Uh, well, yeah, let's, uh, thanks everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, do what you gotta do, uh, like subscribe. You should tell, I would say, tell at least one person this week. Yeah. What your favorite homework uh, assignment. episode is. It's like fight club. Um, go out and tell one gotten, other person about the podcast. I don't know about you, but I've get, I've been getting a lot of really nice messages recently about, you know, people getting into the podcast and saying that like they've binged 10 straight episodes. Yeah. No one tells me anything. And I think that's horrible for you. And I'm so (laughs) sorry. Um, no, there's going to be a, there's going to be a test later. Um, everything's been going really well. Enjoying, uh, one thing I want to push, uh, outside of the standard podcast stuff to, you know, get the word out is, uh, you know, go check out the mixtapes. Um, they're in the description of uh right. this episode and previous episodes will have other versions i think we're on volume nine of the run to the ground mixtape and it is uh it's a collection of songs that me and andrew are listening to this month and uh i think they're they're a lot of fun to put together uh so go check them out like them share them enjoy them don't hit shuffle because we we spend time sequencing them properly uh but yeah. yeah that floor punch song is in there purposefully so don't <laughs> skip it yeah yeah so uh so go check those out there in the descriptions we also have the run into the ground best of which is a playlist that is constantly updating with uh every you know me and andrew each pick a song uh that we like from each record that we've talked about so far so go check that out uh, uh it's sometimes current with my picks dan has to remind me monthly to do it so <laughs> even though we do this um you know uh like six episodes per month so well dan good seeing you yeah. travis good seeing you uh <laughs> steven good seeing you yeah uh, you can pay us money and we'll shout you out at the end of the pod you know yeah those are those are our early patreon subscribers i actually just got their bank account information amazing you just, yeah you're just doing a, a a stripe payment every uh every month out of their oh, account man. that's the dream the fin well um, instead of yeah instead of a pot patreon we'll do like a fin doming structure Ooh. yeah i like that idea so cool everybody else <laughs> uh until next time uh bye they all wanna love the cause 
fuck the car 